Keys to the Commonwealth, a podcast where we share the real stories of local community members who are using real estate to build personal wealth, along with tips and tricks from professionals across the industry. And now, your host, Landry Fields. Welcome, everybody, to the Keys to the Commonwealth podcast. Super excited for you to join us today. As you know, each and every week, I interview a local community member that is either personally invested or a part of the real estate process here. Each day, I'm going to personally involve working with real estate investors here in Kentucky. And like you, I'm interested in learning how to build wealth through real estate. Today's show is going to be a great one. My guest today is a real estate broker through Marie Max Realty Group and has been a licensed realtor for almost five years. Her path to becoming a realtor may not have been an intentional one that she was looking for, but like many people in the, in the industry, it was an opportunity that presented itself in a time of change. While becoming a full-time realtor can be challenging, she has quickly risen to become one of the top selling agents in her county and is well on her way to becoming one of the top REMAX agents in the region. The thing she is most proud of as a realtor is each time she's able to help a single mom buy her first home and on her own and how buying their first home is able to change their life and empower them. She grew up for a time in Tampa, Florida area, followed by Lexington, and now resides in Nicholsville, Kentucky with her son, Zach, who is graduating this spring, her two daughters, Rainey and Brooke, along with Kayak, her Great Dane. Titled the Southern Lady Realtor, without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome my good friend Tara Harrison to the Keys of the Commonwealth Studio. Thanks for coming to the show, Tara. Good morning, Landry. Good morning. All right, so I like to start out every episode with the obvious question of how did we get here? So hop back in the DeLorean and tell me how did we get into real estate and why? Spur of the moment decision. Um... Needed a new career, newly single, divorced, and just literally on a spur of a moment, just decided, hey, I'm going to get my license, see where this goes. Dove in head first, got it, started the hustle, and never stopped. Just real estate. Let's just jump in all in pretty much. Or did you have a gradual possession you know, into nope. real estate? No, nothing. No background. Nothing. Had a couple of realtor friends, trusted them. Got hooked up with one really tight and yeah, just, just went for it. (laughs) (laughs) Just went for it. Uh, And so you were doing full-time work before that or more part-time kind of things. I think you said you were working with a flexible full-time schedule. Okay. Flexible full-time schedule. I like it, which I think some realtors would kind of say the same thing with being a realtor. So that probably was very similar uh, being flexible, but full-time at the same time as there's never really an off switch with realty uh, when it comes down to it. Right. No, it's 24 seven. Wouldn't have it any other way either. It is twenty four seven. Because definitely being a realtor is one of those betting on yourself kind of careers. So how did you kind of handle that transition? Transition uh, to kind of building your own business and what what kind what was kind of like the hardest part that you didn't foresee? Hardest part I didn't foresee. Um, well, okay, so I'm really good at being an extrovert, but I'm an introvert at heart. So okay. having to stay oh, on. I don't think I would have guessed that all either. the time. Oh no, I'm an introvert. At the end of the day, like man, I don't want to be around people, <laughs> but I'm really good at being an extra extrovert for my career. So just that switch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And what, what kind of time frame? what you said in one of our conversations that it was kind of like right before COVID type of thing hit and you're you, so you just switched right before then. Is that correct? I had been part-time for almost two years in real estate and, um, Three weeks before COVID ha- shut everything down, I dove in headfirst <laughs> full time. No other fallback, no other parachute, nothing. Just dove in, and perfect timing because I think right. if I had done it after, yeah, or tried to, I don't think I would have done it. I right, think I would have kind of like forced your hand there. Yeah, it forced me for Love a month. It. There was like a hiccup for a month, I know, and then everybody was like 
it hit harder than it was prior. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. So great time. I'm sure taking opportunity for that. Um, now you've been one of the top selling agents for Remax in Jessamine County for a little while now. However, you have sold homes from Campbellsville to Berea to Moorhead and beyond, covering a very large area. So, how would you? How has your success and such a large footprint happened? And what's been kind of like learning the different areas of the Commonwealth? Because obviously, they can be very vastly different from one area to another. Well, I don't take any real estate opportunity for granted. So if somebody says they've got a great opportunity for me in another county that's kind of out of my area, I'm going for it. Like there's no guarantee in real estate. I could completely tank tomorrow. Right. So every single opportunity is the only opportunity and I go for it head on. So got to see lots of different counties. I love Campbellsville, you know, spent 10, 10 summers there. Uh, with my family. So I love that area. That was an easy transition. That's right. That's my wife's from Campbellsville yeah. area. So that's right. Love the lake, love the people, still have several friends there. So that was a no brainer. Um, a lot of other counties just kind of land in my lap. Um, someone I know or someone I'm connected with. Uh, my Facebook brings in people I didn't even know I was really close to yeah. call me out of other counties and I go, they need me. I go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of difference between different counties, right? Like oh, what are some of those differences is it more just people or is it more like a lot of the rules and regulations with different stuff not rules and regulations but a lot of access and just how their businesses run so like um campbellsville the luxuries i have here in lexington and nicholasville and how realtors operate and and the speed in which they communicate is a little bit different than some of the rural counties. Yes. Everything's on a slower pace. So I'm <laughs> yeah. used to the hustle and like, you know, you get answers back in 10, 15 minutes here and right. there. It's like, all right, I'll get back to you on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> I can see that. That's that's a hundred percent sure. For sure. Um, as we all know, the real estate prices over, you know, the last probably 18 months or so with COVID have been very crazy um, up, ups and downs, mostly down and then up. Um, talk to me about the difference between before COVID that you saw and now the difference in the market uh, post-COVID. Never would have predicted how how inspired people were to buy. Right. I think a lot of it was obviously because everybody's working from home. They either want a new home or they have suddenly the freedom to relocate because they can work anywhere they want. So they were sure. able to choose a location. Um, we all kind of saw COVID as this big doomsday thing. It was going to shut right. everything down. But instead, it just inspired new ways of thinking and doing things. So people got to relocate, which is so exciting. Um, the prices, man, that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. We had a 19% growth in one year. In Typical one year. real estate growth is two to 3% okay. a year. Um, there were so, some quarters we had 19% growth in Fayette County. Which is just unreal, right? I'm sure that's unreal. never really happened for the most part, at least in this region. We averaged um, 16 to 17% growth. Oh my. Right now we are. Um, I don't know what this court current okay. quarter we're in, but yes. I see. And to echo that, I see that a lot too with my insurance clients and that we had so many people moving to the industry, to the area now based upon like what you said with uh, the fact that they, uh, they can work remote or there's cheaper real estate here and then start realizing. And so, yeah, I have so many people that were moving to the area that um, I'm sure you could speak to this more, but there's, I don't think there's a slowdown probably at least in this area that's projected uh, for the time being, or at least, at least not like a, a, a crash or a big dip down type of thing, probably at least a steady. Yeah. I'm not seeing a crash at all, but definitely a slowdown. There's not the frenzy sure. that we had. And that stopped right about the third week of May. We saw when UK ended or yeah. closed. Yeah. I went, all the students left into the end of the semester. Um, we saw a huge slowdown, not devastating. Into, not a, into not May, a, 2021. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. End of May, 2021, huge slowdown. Um, but not in a dramatic change the market kind of way. Just the frenzy. Right. Cooled. Though we you have up against 10 seconds offers. to think we're about it. Right. Whatever you want to put an offer in. Right, we're up against five multiple offers, not 20 and 40. Yeah. I had even heard from real estate friends that like some places like, um, I want to say like Salt Lake City or some places like that on West where they were getting 90 plus offers on homes at one point in time, wow. which was just, yeah, unbelievable. The most I know of here was 44. Um, I never dealt with anything over 21 was the most I was involved in. Wow. Um, I mean, for those looking to invest in real estate or move homes, buy their first home to kind of start growing that equity in a, a, a home like that, as opposed to renting in this current market, what advice would you give them, especially uh, as it is now? First time homebuyers, get back in now. This yeah. is the time to start looking again. If you got burned out at the beginning of the year, now is the time to start looking again. You are not out for the next couple of years. Right. It is a great time to start looking again, first time homebuyers. And definitely if you're under that 300 mark, get back in. You got burned out. You got outbeat on a bunch of offers. I get it. It was horrible, but now is the time to get back in it. Yeah, because it can be such an emotional aspect when buying a house and you get your heart set on a location and then it falls through like that. But yeah, I mean, everything that you said, I definitely hear and see that you can get so afraid of like, oh, well, also the prices are just too high right now either. But you know, a lot of times people have always said that throughout history, oh, the prices are too high, but typically they're always still going to increase. So there, I mean, there's always going to be equity, but usually to be gained historically. The same home buying and selling process has always existed. What you yeah. make on house A, you're going to be putting into house B. Yeah. And it's just, we're just talking larger numbers. It's the same concept. You're just putting a large dollar, larger dollar amount from house A into house B, but you're still investing what you made. Same concept. One of our conversations earlier, you were mentioning um, some of these new fads with the barn dominiums or tiny houses. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. What is a barn dominium and, or you know, what is that about or what is its purpose? Typically, people are buying large plots of land, sometimes ag, but most of the time the recreational land, and putting huge metal structures on, just basically a shell, okay. a metal shell on a concrete slab. And then they're outfitting the inside. So it gives them the freedom to, to live look, on their it, land. Look while like they a normal house inside. Normal is relevant. Okay. <laughs> um, it's going, it's going to be very eclectic. Um, okay. Definitely have a different vibe. Um, but it, it allows them to live in a camper or RV parked in it while they're outfitting it. So a lot of them, a lot of the buyers typically do it on their own, do the work on their own. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're outfitting the, the interior of this to look like a, house, but it's a big square metal box. You can put porches on them and, um, it's a thing. It's a thing. I have several clients doing it. Still look like a barn for the most part though on the outside. It looks like a big steel garage for mostly. Some of them do look more barn ish than others, but yeah. I've heard of that too with some people, um, a couple of people in the local area that are doing that, trying to do with the Airbnb, which I could see, uh, especially on a short-term rental side, people want more of an experience. Um, so that's thus a tiny house thing. So I think you've sold some properties or land that was going to be used for tiny houses in that respect. But I could see how the barn, barn dominiums, even if you didn't want to live in it, could be a good option. Yeah, definitely near to amenities. Like it's not everybody's, you know. Not everybody's cup of tea, but man, right. they are popular. Really? They have really taken off. Oh, yeah. I probably get a barn dominium call once a week. What? Really? Yeah. I, I But land well, is my thing. I love selling sure. land. I love selling farms. I'm Southern Lady Realtor. Yep. I'm always looking for that niche Kentucky vibe property. So a lot of them 
want right. to put a barn dominium on those. Uh, do you currently have any investment properties yourself or had some in the past? I have had some in the past. I almost got back into that this year. I was okay. looking at buying personal and commercial properties and, and decided not to. I'm going different directions. I'm actually buying some businesses this year. Buying some businesses. Very cool. In real, real estate related businesses. Some and some not. Okay. <laughs> but you got to diversify. I understand that. Uh, what is one of the craziest things that you have seen or has happened to you in real estate, uh, whether that's showing a home, um, trying to list a unique home, et cetera? Oh, goodness. So many. Um, definitely a lot of squatters. <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of squatters in my four years. Um, I'm assuming the rural gun. areas. That's where no. even. OK. Oh, everywhere. No, everywhere. Um, What's usually the, the rule of a. Uh, how do you handle that situation? <laughs> Luckily they are they They leave a calling card. <laughs> like, you okay. know, when you're walking in, if you're about to experience one, see, I, luckily I have had time to get out every single time, but there will always be a random McDonald's bag somewhere. There shouldn't be. <laughs> and that's your first sign. Okay. If you bother to go in looking for more McDonald's bags, you're probably too late. So McDonald's bags equal squatters sometimes in a house uh, in that's a, empty a house and you find empty. one random McDonald's okay. bag, get out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I'm sure that's going to be awkward in some respects, or at least sometimes terrifying. We don't know if somebody like, you're not expecting somebody to be there, but all of a sudden somebody is for sure. And that's terrifying. That happens to all of us. From uh, one of our previous conversations there, I know you work obviously quite a bit with uh, buyers in more rural areas of the Kentucky and so forth that are either near bodies of water and so forth. So you'd ask more about the flood policy requirements that have been uh, affected by this new risk rating 2.0 that was just released back in October. Um, Tell me about it. So I know we've had a little bit of conversation, but and you have also, we've worked with a couple of clients together, especially on the flood side of things. And that can be, as you know, uh, kind of a daunting part of the real uh, real buying your first home, for for example, is obviously never uh, the easiest thing. It can be quite scary, but especially if when people are trying to add um, locations close to bodies of water, where a flood policy comes into play, it can make it that much more interesting. Um, For most, for those that don't know, a lot of times when you are purchasing a home um, and there is near a flood is in a flood plain, you're going to be required to have flood insurance. If you have a mortgage on that property, what they don't often uh, tell you is that usually that first year of that uh, policy, when you buy the home, you're going to actually be in charge of uh, paying for that policy out of pocket in full for the first year and not able to put that into your escrow or add that as part of your escrow until year number two. So, and those policies can get pretty expensive. So the new 2.0, just for a quick refresher, um, in the NFIP, which is the National Flood Insurance Program, updated their risk assessment methodology for the first time in over 40 years on October 1st of 2021. I uh, just had this happen uh, with somebody a couple weeks back where they were going to try to buy one of the homes. They're right down there on the uh, the river, um, just past Wilmer and Highbridge area. And um, they're going to try to buy another home. They live there currently. They're going to try to buy another home there that um, next to them to use more of an Airbnb sort of thing. And then started quickly realizing when I started running the numbers that um, those numbers have increased a lot of times. If you're close to the water, there was kind of a, um, the new rating has exposed kind of inequities in pricing, whereas some policyholders that have been unjustly unjustly subsidizing kind of other policyholders. So, you know, some people were paying a lot more for flood that really shouldn't be because it was much less of a, a, 
a chance of that happening versus others. So obviously there was a lot greater chance. So there's the short end of the stick here is that for the most part, a lot of the people, especially closer to the water are going to be paying more for flood insurance. It can really change your budget of what you're shopping for. Yeah. When you get down to how much more you're going to have to shell out. Yeah. I mean, it could easily be four or five times or more, uh, the, your whole entire, um, home insurance policy. I mean, it can be four or five times the amount of that just for the flood insurance. I've been telling my clients, get that quote before we make an offer. Yep. And Um, even those that are existing, you know, those probably are going to, you might may not know it or realize it, but it might be jumping up and you might. So just be on the lookout for that if that's the case. But yeah, yeah, we've, I've definitely had a couple of clients scale back on their price, scale back on what they're looking for Mm -hmm. just to accommodate what their flood policy is going to cover. I get the idea. I mean, uh, living near water and out in the rural areas can be kind of nice, but that flood policy thing hits and it can change it. Yeah, but worth it. Once you get your family out on that boat, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) It's worth it. And that's the interesting thing about Kentucky too, is there's not a lot of opportunities to build as far as the actual lakes, which has always kind of frustrated me. And I don't know if you know anything about that. Why? I know most of them are state parks um, in the lake areas. So they don't allow homes to be built on the lakes, but I feel like that's a part I've always kind of uh, thought was not. I, I have lake lots for sale. Do you? Yes, know there's been a few. <laughs> yes, you do have lake lots, or, lake lots for sale. But you know what I'm saying? There's very limited amount of lake lots or where lots that you can build where you could put a, you know, you know a boat on the lake right there with a. Well, building the steps like down. I mean, a lot of our Kentucky lakes have deep inclines yeah. or steep inclines to yeah. them. You don't have gradual entries. So you've got to be willing to invest in the stairs, the dock, but a lot of places, if you do all that work, you can put a dock down okay. the bottom. It's just, I know that can get quite expensive because it oh, can yeah, be massive, it's expensive. massive there. Switching gears a little bit here. Um, what professional goals are you currently working towards? Oh, big ones. Do I tell you all my moves before I make my moves? No. Um, Any real estate? Really excited to... Um, make a bigger presence in Danville. Got a lot of stuff going on in Danville in 2022. Okay. Very excited about that. Um, getting my broker's license okay. right now. Um, I will be hiding in my house for the next three weeks over the holidays, not okay. doing much work so that I get done before the first of the year. Okay. So yeah. Very cool. Um, hoping my work schedule allows me to do that, but it's going to happen. So lots of late nights. Very excited to get that. <laughs> Any uh, interesting previous jobs or side hustles? I love garages. I'm the weirdest person when it comes to garages. Like I love organizing my garage. Okay. I look forward to it. I'll do it twice a year. Just take everything <laughs> out of my garage and just completely remodel it. So if I have somebody who like needs help with the garage, some t- well, I don't have time for it now. Sure. When I first started in real estate, I had planned on having the side hustle of reorganizing, remodeling garages. Didn't do it because real estate took off. Um, but I And then you're also involved uh, and the Kentucky Great Dane Rescue, is that right? No, I started in 2010. Okay. Again, don't invest any time in it. I'm all real estate right now, but it's still up and running and successful and it's got a great team running it. So that's kind of, I'm proud of that baby. All right. Very good. Uh, when you're not selling real estate, what are your unique hobbies and skills? Um, unique hobbies and skills. I love kayaking and going to concerts okay. as soon as... Concerts reopened at the first of the year. Yep. We bought 10. So we've been doing 10, 10, 10 concerts. concerts. <laughs> so what concerts have you been to since things um, went back up? Rage Against the Machine got canceled and so moved to next year. So okay. that one was supposed to be the first one on the agenda. It got moved. Uh, we've been to Billy Joel, uh, Metallica, uh, ZZ Top, 
Um, I see a trend there with the, I think rock related. Some rock. Okay. Some rock. We've got Chris Stapleton coming up, Elton John coming up, Bruno Mars coming up. Oh, wow. Um, So first concert. Do you remember what that was? My first one. I think it was Carmen. Remember the Christian artist, Carmen? Yes. I'm pretty sure (laughs) it was Carmen. That was my first one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Fast food, guilty pleasure. Uh, I guess Taco Bell. It has to be because I'm super thrifty. You can't beat right. you know, driving through and spend three bucks. There you go. It's best. Exactly. Um, go to comfort food. I don't, do I have one? Is tequila an option? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in Kentucky, it's, you should say bourbon, but uh, I, I suppose that's I'm still going suffices. with tequila. Okay. There we go. Uh, what's the most awkward thing that's happening? One of the most awkward things that happens to you on a regular basis with real estate? Oh, I, I trip on my heels all the time. <laughs> I, I wear three inch, four inch heels to show a house and it'll have uneven pay. I trip right. all the time or I get keys lost and stuck and it happens. It's 2021. We're still using keys to unlock houses. I'll never understand that. Uh, something weird that's, uh, you would recommend everyone try at least once. Something weird. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I got nothing. All right. Um, your favorite date night restaurant. Um, can I eat at the gun range? The gun range? Yes. Bring food to the gun f- range. Let's go do that. Okay. They're, oh, so they don't have, you're taking food to the gun range. Yeah. I thought, Let's just go to the gun my, range. So my we're wife being from Campbellsville, I remember the, one of the first times after church when we were dating that we, we just, where were we going to go eat? And uh, they were like, let's go to the bowling alley. And so I thought it was maybe one of those scenarios where I was like, what in the world? We're going, why are we going to the bowling alley after church for dinner? And sure enough, there's, there's a restaurant attached to the bowling alley. And it was good. It, it's, it's, it's decent. Yeah. Decent? No. Yeah. Hey, Kick just you know, pack some sandwiches. Let's go to the gun range. Uh, if you could eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, what would that be? Uh, Ramsey's in Louisville. Ramsey's in Louisville. I'm not, yep. is that different than the Ramsey's? Oh yeah. Here? Totally different. Okay. It's, um, there's like, a, it's like Ramsey's, um, old world food or something. It's like international food from everywhere. And really incredible. Incredible. Interesting. Food. It's R A M S I. If you have, Oh, okay. I instead of Y. There you go. If you have a client moving here, which I know we both had a lot of clients moving here from out of state. What are some of those favorite, what are some of your favorite things about Kentucky that you make sure to tell them or why you love Kentucky? Go get on Elkhorn Creek on a kayak. Go yep. do that. Um, Go definitely go hike, check out some, go get a, um, Kentucky hop around, even though I don't personally eat them, it seems to always get, <laughs> they're <laughs> like, great. Go to maker's mark. Um, man, I love our state. Yeah. We can go all day long. I, I tell you it's, it's beca- the more I traveled outside of the state is what made me realize and appreciate more of what we had inside of oh, the state definitely. and growing up here. I don't think I appreciated it near as much until I started traveling yeah. uh, a lot more. Same, same. Favorite purchase of the last year? Oh my gosh. I, okay. This is so cliche and so just whatever. I got a hot tub and yeah, it's like, okay, that's a vacation thing. But I, so I have teenagers and they're going to be out of the house here before I know it. (laughs) So I got this hot tub and I'm like, I'm, you know, will they, will they hang out with in me in it with me? Like, can we have conversations? We have had conversations. It totally works. Oh yeah. I have a floating card table. And we sit in my hot tub and we play cards and we talk about politics and their relationships and it's paid for itself a hundred hey, times. I so, can echo that when you go to Gatlinburg with friends, like yeah. there's so many conversations that can handle. Yeah, Some so, people are weirded out by it. I know. I, well, I am too. I, I empty it and refill it about every four weeks. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, you I'm obsessed. I think you have to for sure. Yeah. Uh, last question is if we, uh, if people want to get in touch with you to, especially either for some land uh, in Kentucky or first time homeowners, et cetera, uh, buying, selling property, how can they do that? How can they reach you? You can always check out my hashtag Southern lady realtor. That's okay. my, that's my thing because I am the most honest person and I want you to leave my transaction knowing that you got a fair shake and I took care of you. Uh, but my cell number is 859-312-0058. Uh, we're always hashtag Southern Lady Realtor, at Southern Lady Realtor. Call right. me. Perfect. Tara, thanks so much for your time today. appreciate you joining us here today on the show. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to having everyone join us next week for another insightful episode of the Keys of the Commonwealth podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit our page at keystothecommonwealth.com. To connect with Landry regarding insuring your investment portfolio, email Landry at NovaInsuranceGroup.com or call 859-687-2004.